It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Should the city change the rules governing short-term rentals moving forward? When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider that question. Short-term rentals, or STRs, are properties rented for 14 days or less, typically through vacation rental sites like Airbnb or Verbo. Short-term rentals in residential zones require a conditional use permit from the city's planning commission. Right now, you don't have to be a Sitka resident to purchase a property and rent it on Airbnb. If the Assembly approves the changes to city code tonight, it would require any new permit holders to occupy the property for at least 180 days a year, and all short-term rental permits will sunset when a property is sold. The Planning Commission approved the ordinance on a 3-to-1 vote on August 17th, and on August 23rd, the Assembly unanimously approved the ordinance on first reading. In other business, the Assembly will hear a final report from the Climate Action Task Force, which was established in 2020 to tackle Sitka's carbon footprint. A plan is in place to replace the task force with a permanent sustainability commission, with a new city staffer, the sustainability coordinator, acting as liaison. The Assembly will have the final vote on establishing that commission tonight. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. The State Board of Education has agreed to open negotiations with the Coast Guard for the sale of just over an acre and a half of the Mount Edgecombe campus to construct a dock for a new fast response cutter. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The board made the decision at its quarterly meeting on September 7th held at Mount Edgecombe High School in Sitka. The fast response cutter is scheduled to home port in Sitka beginning in 2025 it would join the buoy tender Kukui, but there's not enough room for both ships at the Kukui's current dock. Under a conceptual plan presented to the board by the Coast Guard, the Kukui's pier would be torn down and reconstructed along with a new floating dock for the fast response cutter. The development requires the use of the upland property adjacent to the Kukui's present dock, primarily for parking, just across Seward Avenue from the Mount Edgecombe Aquatic Center. Interim Commissioner of Education Heidi Teschner told board members that the heat was on to pave the way for the new ship's arrival. So obviously there's desire at the national level. There's also letters in the packet um, signed by Senator Mikowski Sullivan and the late Don Young, uh, Representative Young. The, the letter that I provided you extra this morning did go up to the governor's office. So the governor's office is aware of this. Representative Craig Tompkins has uh, reached out. There's a high desire in this town. To, to move this forward and to bring the fast cutter to Sitka. Board members generally supported the idea. However, member Bob Griffin worried that this and other sales were splintering the campus. He wanted to make sure that the sale would ultimately benefit students. You know, this is, I think, the third parcel that we've kind of chipped away at, that the non-educum facility, just in my short time on the board here. I, I think uh, concern has been in the past on, you know, what's the, what's the upside, what, what is the non-educum school going to get out of it. And I think that the focus in the past was, you know, how, how are the proceeds of, of this uh, sale or lease or whatever it turns out to be going to be distributed. Commissioner Teschner responded that the department would negotiate for market value of the waterfront property and the sale income would be reinvested in the school. So our desire is not to just give away the land. We will work for fair market value with the Coast Guard if this were to move forward and to um, make sure Mount Edgecombe benefits from that so they can upgrade. There's lots of deferred maintenance here at the school, as you can see, and you saw yesterday. 
the proceeds would go towards those improvements. Board Chair James Fields hoped that the deal could be sweetened, possibly with educational and training opportunities for Mount Edgecombe students. Commander Tracy Torba, who heads the District 17 Civil Engineering Unit, said the Coast Guard was open to those types of partnerships and already had a functioning junior ROTC program. Fields found that reassuring and asked that it be incorporated into any future memorandum of understanding regarding the sale. He also checked in with the department's legal counsel about one other thing, whether it was even possible to negotiate with the federal government on a transaction connected to national security. So I'm going to open a landmine here, but I don't know what law uh, oversee a, a state-owned school, but is there any way that federal overreach can just come in and say, this is for the security of our country and therefore we will you know, commandeer and you will be selling this land to us? Torba said that really wasn't the Coast Guard way. We pride ourselves in embedding in any community that we're in and really being part of our community, and that's not, that's not a track that we would, we would want to take. The board voted unanimously to authorize negotiations with the Coast Guard for the sale of the land, with terms settled by the end of December. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The labor shortage hitting the nation is particularly pronounced in Alaska. The rate of unfilled positions is about twice the national average. Healthcare, food service, and hospitality are among the hardest hit industries. But in Unalaska, you can see it playing out with another group of employees, tugboat workers. KUCB's Theo Greenlee has more. It's a clear and warm summer day by Unalaska standards, and a tugboat, the Millennium Star, is pulling a barge along the city dock. Uh, we're shifting the Illiliac Bay barge. It's got 78. Chris Eisler's at the helm, towing the Illiliac Bay barge. It's full of 78 containers of fish product they hauled over from the Trident plant on the neighboring island of Akitan. Eisler is regional manager for Centerline Logistics, a marine transportation company, and he's the captain of one of their tugboats, the Millennium Star. But it took him a long time to climb that ladder. I actually started as the cook uh, 27 years ago, and I worked my way up to... Got your stern on the last pad, so you're all good, okay? Air position. Roger. Worked my way up from there to deckhand, and then uh, went mate, and on to captain. And then now I'm actually the captain and the regional general manager of the operation here. Stories like Eisler's are pretty typical in the transportation industry. But right now, the industry is having a tough time. People just aren't applying for those entry-level jobs. Eisler says they've had one opening for more than four months, and they've barely had a handful of applicants. Uh, we did hire one guy, but we've been running without a cook on here for the last two trips. It's not normal. An entry-level job as a cook can start off at about $80,000, working around six months out of the year. Eisler says tons of people used to apply, but not these days. There just aren't people applying for jobs. Kimberly Cartagena works for the company that owns the Millennium Star, Centerline Logistics. They're among the top three petroleum transportation companies in the nation with operations on the east and west coasts, the Gulf, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, the Panama Canal, and Alaska. No matter how many 
places we posted in, no matter how many places we go recruit from, there just aren't people applying for tugboat jobs. By now, the Great Resignation is old news. Millions of U.S. workers quit their jobs since the onset of the pandemic. But a recent study from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce suggests it's more of a great reshuffle. That's because most of the people who resigned are getting rehired somewhere else. And Cartagena definitely sees that. During the pandemic, you know, a lot of people, you know, they prioritize being with families. So for our particular operation, people live on the tugboat. So we lost them for various reasons during the pandemic. And some people just completely switched to a completely different industry. It's not hard to see why a lack of mariners can be a huge problem. If you don't have enough crew members, then the vessel can't move. That means a cruise ship can't get fuel, or a grocery store has empty shelves. Cartagena says it hasn't come to that yet, but they're relying on the existing crew to work more hours, longer shifts, and to run skeleton crews. While we have a shortage in people applying for the positions, we definitely have our long-term employees who have been here for so long and are helping us get through. People can enter the industry with relatively little experience or formal education. Someone fresh out of high school can earn their merchant mariner credential and start off on a career track. And that kind of accessibility has the Millennium Star crew getting creative. We've started going through our friends. Like, hey man, you want a freaking job? Go get your MMC and your Twit card, you know? He says another captain liked the work ethic of the person who was remodeling his bathroom. So he offered him a job. And so he said, hey, you know, you should think about getting into the industry. And he got his Twit card and got his MMC. And we're going through the hiring process with him now. So, yeah. In Unalaska, I'm Theo Green. The state's bycatch review task force is preparing its first recommendations. On a recent visit to Kodiak, Governor Mike Dunleavy said the group would make a series of preliminary proposals at its September 20th meeting in Anchorage. We're looking at the science, we're looking at all kinds of data, we're looking at how people catch fish, genetics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But hopefully in September we will have um, some recommendations, preliminary recommendations. The Alaska Bycatch Review Task Force was formed in November of last year to study bycatch, which is the incidental catch of non-target marine species, and its consequences in fisheries in state and federal waters. The group is composed of 13 members and divided into four subcommittees that have met monthly since January. Dunleavy said while September's meeting will include draft recommendations from the task force, he expects a final report sometime in November. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.